I think about us, the three of us, what we could be. I think about it all the time. Please, it's terrible. No, it's not. I know Jim. She's my friend. I care about her. How's your day going? You look pretty. Thanks. I wore it just for you. Her father's a driver named Nick. He helped me to survive. Yes, you can, because I can't lose you. I'm not gonna let anything happen to you. What about you? Your girlfriend is a badass. Welcome to Above the Garage, a Nick and June, The Handmaid's Tale podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome to our rewatch, season one, episode five. Today, we're going to talk about the episode Faithful, and let's do our round of introductions and get started. Hi, I'm Wanda. Hi, I'm Marigold. Hi, I'm Ginger. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Kate. So the episode opens with them playing apparently their 34th game of Scrabble, which is probably more than I have played in my lifetime, even though I like the game. <laughs> but if I was in Gilead, I would, I would love the game. So, but that I'd forgotten that they had played. It's been another month, basically, I guess. Since yeah, they, more or less. Yeah. And she is doing a little voiceover, flirting with him, showing her leg, even says that she likes him letting her win. So that surprised me a little. I feel like it's a little like Stockholm syndrome-y, or like being a little <laughs> yeah. flirtatious at this point. What did you guys think? Yeah, I remember when I first watched this, I did feel like there was something that was going to be building between Fred and June during this scene, just their kind of flirty interaction. Mm-hmm. And then he gives her the magazine, which yep. is very exciting to a woman in Gilead. Yep. He tests her. I mean, I like that she was careful because he tells her, like, if you want to read it and, and she says it's forbidden. So she's always very careful. And he's like, well, with me, you can. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And, uh, she says it is forbidden to both of them in this episode. Yeah. To both her and Serena. But yes, I also appreciate that. It seemed very evident that he was going to let it pass. But I think it's smart of her to reject I it think at she- first go. I think she's manipulating him again, though. Like she's she likes to play along with him. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting when she said she talked about a poem that she had read that said, you fit into me like a hook uh-huh. into an eye. Yeah. yeah. And then she says a fish hook and an open eye, which obviously <laughs> then, I, then when I first saw it, I was kind of like, oh, OK, so she's not actually like falling for him. No. But on my rewatch, I thought it was interesting that she talks about an open eye. And we find out, or she finds out in this episode that Nick is an I. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't think I, it was coincidental. Mm-mm. When she says thank you, he says that look in your face is thank you enough. And it just gave me the vibe that he's also impressed by June for some reason. Like everybody's impressed by her. I mean, obviously she's a main character. But mm. She has this fire to her. I guess that's why people are drawn to her. But then she um, like played it up more and he still like loves it. So he's not as... Yeah. Because she he sees flirts. that in him. Like exactly. she sees how much he eats that up when she flirts with him. Yeah, she knows he's easily manipulated too. She, mm-hmm. she had no problem learning how to manipulate him. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting then too how this goes right into the flashback where she meets Luke. And she mentions at the end of the flashback with Luke that he's married and he doesn't act married and I think it's I think the reason why she thinks of this flashback is because Fred is married and is not acting married Mm -hmm. like he's interesting yeah yeah. so I I think that's why she thought of it at that moment which I thought was very interesting I find it insane that Serena has not noticed them playing Scrabble every single night (laughs) maybe, maybe also she has and she can't do anything what caught my attention what caught my attention of the meeting was that it was Moira that initiated that whole contact between Luke and and June yeah and that when they're going by the pictures when he picks one he says to her you look invincible and I think that has a lot to do with what happens towards the end of the episode yeah and it's that it's that invincibility I mean obviously we haven't gotten to that part yet but there's certain things that happen and that we'll discuss that build her up to feel like that. And I think that's part of her character, that invincibility, because I don't think Gilead ever really broke her all the way. Yeah. And she says this later also about Emily. Mm-hmm. She said she looked yeah. invincible. You know, what I find interesting about that whole 
interaction between Mora and June is um, in the beginning, Mora is ragging on June about the guys that she's attracting to her, her Tinder profile. And what's interesting to me is what June says. And June says to Mora, you're too picky. And Mora continues to go through that her profile. And June says, beggars choosers. Now, we, you know, I don't know if this is American saying, but as Americans, we know what that means. But I, I looked a little deeper to see what Webster had to say about that. And the whole uh, wording of that saying is beggars can't be choosers. And what Webster says about that is beggars can't be choosers is used to say that people who need something should be satisfied with what they get, even mm-hmm. if it's not actually what they want. Mm, that is so interesting Wanda that is profound (laughs) yeah that indicates that she's willing to settle for whatever attention she gets from a man so that opens her up to to Luke getting involved with Luke yeah I I thought about this too like I thought that maybe June was in this part of her life where she just was kind of fed up with men and yeah she's just open to whatever man is out there and Luke was there yeah. I mean, when you when you get involved with a married man anyway, you're willing to settle to be yeah, second. Right. That's you know, right. so I just thought I just find it interesting that she's willing to settle. I mean, I, I'm not judging her. I mean, she was she had to be young. By my estimation, she had to be in her early 20s mm-hmm. because when she was captured, she was 28. Mm-hmm. And, and Hannah was five. Which right. Mean, which means which she means was about, she had her at 23. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. She's young. Yeah. So my age when I had my daughter, pretty much, if I think about it, I had yeah. my daughter when I was 24. So, I mean, the difference in age and the way that you think is, is yeah, I, I can, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, at 20 something, you think, you know, it all anyway. I, yeah, I was going to say any yeah. of us, I mean, most of us probably thinking about settling with whomever yeah. we were with at our, right. But one, I think first, go ahead. Wanda, I think that's a really good, um, it's really interesting that you picked up on that because I thought there was a lot of little things in her interactions with Luke in this episode that made me think, like she played it off, like he would say things, which I can get into examples, but she would, he would say things and she would laugh it off, but you can tell like it kind of annoyed her, but they're still in that flirtatious phase where like, I don't think she was thinking about thinking too deep into like, what this means for who he really is you yeah. know yeah you mean that cringy uh coffee Morning. shop date <laughs> yeah whatever that was yeah 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 like the, yes. the guy asking you if you had yeah sex with your lesbian friend like <laughs> it's it's as cringy as you can get right yeah but Jim batted it out you know like because he says well in my experience and she's oh, like yeah. what experience as a lesbian as a <laughs> but, <girl>? yep. <laughs> but like ginger said she did it while like giggling and giving him a pass you know yeah. like, like you she wasn't really she was calling annoyed. him out yeah, yeah she definitely. was definitely annoyed but she yeah. definitely laughed it off more than I, I would have but but right. again I think that's I think that's her like being I don't know it's too, it's too early in the relationship you know so you're oh, still yeah. kind of like willing to not see the red flags yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and there were uh, plenty of red flags with this guy I think yeah. I think well, it's interesting that when I went back and I was like how did Luke find her after they left I know I thought that too. <laughs> and I was like he did you figure have- it out well, he must have gone on, on Tinder. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's very clear to me now that Luke had the intention to cheat from the very beginning. It wasn't like this relationship that like grew, but he made this intentional decision. Right. And I've heard people say that he was separated first, but I do not believe that's true because when they're at lunch, he's saying, I tell her where I have lunch. I tell anywhere I have lunch every day. You don't do that with someone you're separated from, you know? Yeah. I also yeah. think it's funny that June is surprised that he doesn't tell Annie. Like, mm-hmm. what would he say to Annie? It's a little like, naive, yeah. I yeah. met this girl on Twitter <laughs> and I'm having these lunch dates with her in the middle of the workday. So- but June June is, didn't tell Mora because she knew Mora wouldn't approve, approve of it. Right. Yeah. They both know that it's yeah. like shady. Yeah, um, I have quick, something to say about that later. <laughs> I just want to rewind to the food truck. I just want to give a shout out to Lucy and Ethel, who I believe are Lizzie's real life cats. 
Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yes. That's all. I just love that she used her actual pet names in that because that's what Mm -hmm. I would do because I love my pets. Oh, (laughs) Um, that is that is all my high value comment there. All right. So after the meat, we go to the cereal. Yeah. And there's like a when when Fred gives her the magazine, she's reading like a a little article that says 10 things how to know that a guy likes you. And then Uh she's thinking about Fred because number one is she gives he gives you little presents yeah. meaning the yeah little gifts meaning the magazine and then when nick walks in she says two he keeps finding ways to run into you mm-hmm. and he Which comes is adorable. with the coffee mm-hmm. yeah he, he comes with the coffee uh, but he's a little i mean he's flustered i, I, I kind of you don't know what's flustered. happening yet yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but something's going on in his brain so after that serena comes in Right. And but I like the way like he, he keeps making eye contact with her and she likes it because she doesn't know that he's actually stressed and probably wants to speak with her like yeah by herself. Mm-hmm. But she's just like, oh, he keeps looking at me like he, he looks like to do so like disgusted in that scene to me. Like, yeah, like he just knows that this is the, like going to be the last normal interaction that they'll ever have. Yeah, it's really true. Sad. But it's interesting when you rewatch that scene, because like, obviously, when I first watched it, I didn't know what was going to happen. But like rewatching it now, it it's t- plays out totally different because uh-huh. now I know why Nick went in there, why he's like, because even Rita says, don't you have somewhere to be? And he's like, no, but you know, in his head, he's like, I want to get her alone so I can talk to her. And you can see, you can feel his anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So I it think is it's, just like it's, rolling off of him in waves. Yeah, yeah. So it's just funny how it translates totally different once you actually know what's going to happen. Yeah. I do Uh, also want to point out that he also washed his own cup when he was done with it, which I thought was very um, (laughs) polite. You have low standards, Marigold. (laughs) (laughs) If you think about it, like a guardian probably doesn't need to like wash his own cup. Marigold. They have Martha. So yeah. No, I get it. I do get it. Especially in Gilead. In Gilead, that is an uncommon. What men do. Again, first Nick is not. Yeah. I was just saying yeah like it was just nice of him like he could have easily had Rita wash his cup but he did it himself yeah no that is a good observation I just want to give you a hard time but yeah yes, I know that yeah. is a... <laughs> so yeah so she That's Serena cool. calls her out I, I hate that she like pops her like dreaming bubble about how to know if a guy likes you by saying you know June come Serena with me. just manipulates her she manipulates her because she just tells her like your time's running out you don't want to be sent to the colonies like she's already like yeah trying that, to get her to agree yeah um, that's a threat to be though nice. yeah yeah, that's a threat. That's a threat. yeah. Um, it's literally and, a death threat i mean yeah june was already scared june thought it was about she knew about scrabble she knew about the magazine like she, she was thinking so many things and then she's looking at the shears thinking mm. you know what she could do with the shears and then, you know, she explodes the bubble, like you mentioned. I think it's interesting because she talks, Serena mentions to June about doctors impregnating handmaids, which in the last mm-hmm. episode, June was propositioned by the doctor. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where she says she heard about it. But I also thought it was interesting because, you know, June was so shocked when she mentioned Nick and obviously upset because Nick was her thing, you know, like that was the one good thing she had in Gilead. And now Serena's going to try to ruin that for her. But I I did notice that she said his name very softly. Yeah. Which is like their thing, you know, like that's how she always Mm -hmm. is with Nick. So I, I, I thought that was really sweet. But she did look sad though. Yeah. I think she was a a little upset because Serena says he already agreed to it. And, and the way that I saw it, the first time I saw it was like, even though she, she's not, I mean, she's upset, she's shocked, but she was just like, like, he agreed, like, he's my friend, he agreed to do this to me. I yeah. think that was her first impression, because she looks upset right. over it. Like, I couldn't really pinpoint that scene very well, but that's what I, what I no, took the I first think time the same I saw thing. it. Yeah, I think I, the same thing. I think she would have preferred he say, well, let me ask June first. I mean, (laughs) but I think he wanted to do that. He wanted to talk to her. That's why he went in the kitchen, but he he didn't get a chance to. So Mm -hmm. because he probably didn't want June to feel like he had agreed and was willing to do this. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. But she made it happen so quickly that he had no chance. Yeah. And you know what else I noticed too? Like June, Serena took June outside. June's first thought was she knows about me and Fred. And I thought it was very interesting in this episode. There was like a, a parallel between Luke. So June is the other woman with Luke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now she's the other woman again with yep. Fred. Mm-hmm. Right. And then and then it kind of is like another parallel where she ends up being, well, like Nick and her are like cheating again. You know what I mean? So she's in three different they're breaking rules. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was interesting, but I, I thought it was worth noting that like her first thought was Serena found out. And, and again, like, I think why she's flashing back about Luke is because she's thinking about here I am again as the other woman, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. And I also think if we're going to jump to that sex scene, I also think that they were like, not equally awkward, but both very awkward. Like I, I even think that the scene with Luke in the hotel room is you know she sighs when she gets in it's just it's just weird it's not it's not organically like passionate I'm not saying they don't I'm not saying they don't really like each other and want to have sex but it's not the kind of like overtaking passion that you imagine affairs to be and so she's thinking about it while she's having this awkward sex scene with Nick but yeah that was strange to me that you that they contrast those two mm mm-hmm I just think like, at least for me, when she, when she's going up the stairs and she says, why does this time it feels like I'm cheating on Luke? It's because she wanted it. Yeah. She she wanted to be with Nick. If they're making you do that, you're not going to feel like you're cheating on Luke. It's because Mm -hmm. you want to do it. Yeah. That's usually how it is. And then it contrasts to when they go to the hotel room and it's, I mean, the, the way that I see their relationship is just cute. And that scene was not awkward it's because they both knew they were doing something wrong even when they're talking and, and during their lunch so where would we go what would we do and Luke's looking at her like a snack and she's kind of building it like well I need some time you know grooming shoes lingerie like she's throwing it out there and he's vibing and then when they get to the hotel it's just weird like I would expect for them to jump their bones like yeah. you have all yeah. this tension but there was no tension. It was just because they both knew that it was wrong. That's the yeah. way that I which read I, it. Which I mm. think, though, is the parallel to the very last scene where she goes oh. to Nick. Yeah. Because yeah. there was no talking. There was jumping the bones once. There the was no awkwardness. Yeah. <laughs> there was no awkwardness. Like, it was very smooth and they didn't say a single word. So I think that's another reason why these scenes kind of play off each other in this episode. Well, yeah, it's interesting they're all overlaid, sort of. I think what's mm-hmm. some, something else that is contrasting with Luke in um, June in the sex scene, June stops him and says, just because we're probably going to be doing this just once, I'd like to be on top. And of course, Luke, who's always thinking about himself, says, ah, that's not really, that's not a good for me. Okay. He's, he's first thinking about himself. And that's, for me, that's always been what I've seen in Luke. Yeah, um, so that actual line has been a point of great contention in my mind. <laughs> I can't tell <laughs> if he's joking or not. I think he's like half joking, I, but also kind of not, serious, you know? Yeah. 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 That's how I took it. I, mean, I think the only reason he changed changed his mind was because June was like, oh, that's a bummer. And she say. could stop it any, any minute. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted to go through with the act. That's just, just I just yeah. think that. Yeah. I was just confused by that because I'm like, why? Why would guys say no to a woman <laughs> wanting to be on top? Like, what is so? Because, um, because it, you sh- men that don't like that is because they feel emasculated because yeah. you have the control. Yeah. And men that don't like women to be on top is because they feel that's the word emasculated. Like I've heard that before many, yeah. many times. So if you think about even like the, the sex position in Gilead during the ceremony, the man is on top. So like, it's there you just go, kind of right. like a power, you know, that's yeah, kind of the a, answer. It's a power thing. Yeah, exactly. June likes to have control. And in that first sex scene with um with Luke, you see that she pins his hands back. Yeah. And then when we go to the sex scene with Nick, he's the one that pins her hands down because he's on top before. Yeah. And I know I've talked about this with you guys like a thousand times before, but I think that they had enough power in this situation to make Serena leave the room. 
but I get that it's a TV show, and the contrast between this and the final scene is beautiful, so I can deal with that. But I found it interesting this time around that I noticed when June is looking around the room when it's happening, that her attention lands on the gun. I was debating that with Melissa today about that same, that precise moment, because there's the gun and his picture with his brother, which we assume that's what it is. The picture's behind the gun, so we really don't know what she's looking at. Um, yeah. Is she looking at the gun? did I not picture? notice the picture in that scene? Yeah, so the picture was there, the like, yeah. is she looking at the gun, like, am I going to kill Serena, like, with the shears? Because uh-huh. any viewer could be like, well, she's looking at the gun because she wants to kill Nick because Nick's, you know. No, but that's no, not I don't what think it that was. at all. I think it was a metaphor for they're going to be killed if they don't do this. Oh, I also I, thought she was looking at like she looks at his record player, which yeah. isn't that forbidden. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and then he's got the picture yeah. of his brother from his former life. So mm-hmm. I was thinking like two things: like she's looking at the forbidden things, right? Because this is this is forbidden what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what Serena's making them do. But then also this is like a ceremony, right? That yeah. Serena's making them do. So normally during the ceremony, she's checking out and trying to distance herself. Yeah. But then she doesn't want to dissociate with this because she does keep looking at Nick and she's she does get into it, you know. But Mm -hmm. I thought that maybe that's why she was kind of looking around because she's trying to disassociate. I didn't interpret it as that. I interpreted she was looking at Nick and then Nick sees her looking. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like that's taboo in Gilead for the handmaid to look at you know a man especially during sex so then I felt like she like tried to like not focus on him and I thought more so that the objects were like we get like a tiny glimpse into who Nick is like the record here the picture Mm -hmm. the gun means that he's a guardian so I interpreted it differently they're trying not to connect with each other because he keeps looking at her and she keeps looking at him yeah. And they look at each other and it's awkward because Serena is like a creeper just standing there looking at something that she obviously hasn't had in a while. Um, <laughs> it's just weird. It's funny because I was talking about this this morning, like the picture's right behind the gun. And I, I always wondered like, what is she looking at? But it's also like, oh, well, he's also somebody. He was a somebody before all of this. Yeah. He had a family like me. Yeah. Like, so she could have been looking at that. Can we just look at the power dynamics here mm-hmm. with uh, with Serena? That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, Ser- Serena is the head of her house. Well, she has control over the subordinates in her household, right? Mm-hmm. Which are Nick, Rita, and June. And she's the one with all the power here. This, What she's doing, this is a ceremony that's illegal. She's She's gone rogue. And um, she's organized this ritualized rape. Nick and June are the two victims. Serena is the power in that room. And I think that's why they left her in that room to mm-hmm. watch because she's a show of force, mm-hmm. right? She's yeah, I think there right. to control the whole situation. Yeah. And it's, it's very clear when she's standing at the door, you know? Yeah. Literally. I mean, she's domineering. She's tall and she's yeah. just this domineering presence in the room. Yeah. And no, I think I mean, it is very important to point out that Nick had no choice here either. What right. is he going to say? No. And she's going to yeah. be like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. Like he's, he is a victim here too. Even though he's a man, he still had no yeah. say in this it's matter. It's still rape for him he's, too. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And he says that, you know, later in the episode, I, I couldn't say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels terrible and you can tell, and it's just awful. I, run, all around. I wanted right. to read a tweet from Margaret Atwood that someone had tweeted out um, my crazy English teacher is making us write an essay on The Handmaid's Tale, where we're supposed to answer why Margaret Atwood put the theme of power and control in the book. We do not have telepathy with Margaret Atwood, so I guess Twitter is a close second. And Margaret Atwood's a- answer was, because it's in the world. It's not just women who are controlled in the book. It's everyone except those at the top. Gilead is a theocratic totalitarianism, not simply a man have power, women do not whirl. Lower status men are told when and who to marry, as an example. So Nick had no power. He's a low status man. And the perpetrator in this instance was Serena Joy. I think that needs to be clear. 
That's perfect. That's mm-hmm. great yeah. that you brought that. In these episodes, we've seen the doctor that, you know, who's kind of, we talked about it in episode uh, so four. four. <laughs> you know, the doctor, we, you know, we debated whether he was trying to help or he was just going to be creepy. But there's a lot of people there. And even in this episode, we see off Stephen with a wife. And the wife, you know, they're playing with a dog and the wife tells her, I don't feel good. You know, maybe we can skip the ceremony tonight. And yeah. of Steven says, you can't be sick every, every month because there's people that are stuck there that don't want to be there. And that includes yeah. the men. There's men that don't agree with it, but they have to do these things to survive. It, it's, it makes you wonder if maybe Nick agreed to it because maybe Serena would have gotten somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. She would have gotten somebody else. So she maybe he's like, well, have. yeah. Oh, I just think maybe it wouldn't have been that bad. Well, she's <laughs> desperate, so she yeah. would have found somebody. Yeah, she yeah. would have given up there. I think maybe Nick was threatened with maybe June going to the colonies mm-hmm. or something. He yeah. did some something to save June from something. That's the that's just my head cannon. Yeah. But even if she even if he wasn't threatened with that, I could still see him thinking about that because he knows that you can't say no to stuff like this. Yeah. So he knows that if they don't do it, there's going to be consequences that could be deadly you know yeah i mean obviously yeah if she doesn't get pregnant then at the very least she's gonna get moved to a different household right as serena threatens her with that yeah this episode also told us again that you know the commanders could be sterile which is something that i don't think it gets discussed further but it's just it was a shock the first time that i I saw it like it's them the ones that have the problem the powerful men not really the women I have something that's kind of not off topic but the scene after they go to the market with Ot Glenn I just thought it was really interesting that she was like talking about her life before Gilead and how like obviously she was a drug addict and like she finally has a you know place to sleep every night Mm -hmm. and people who are nice to her and I was just like it made me really sad for her honestly like if that was what your life was before Gilead and Gilead is like this nice place for you like it's really sad so (laughs) I just wanted to I think I think think it also kind of shows though how this is so different for everybody because Mm -hmm. you have well she's off Glenn right off Glenn yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, she so she's happy with this because this is better than her old life. Yeah. But then you have June who had a pretty good life before. So this is hell for her. And then you have like the wife of Emily who is kind to her. But then you have Serena who's just a monster. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's just, it's kind of <laughs> interesting how everybody has a different perspective on their position in Gilead. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how like, I'm sure Serena and June were probably in the same like socioeconomic class before Gilead. And now they're in vastly different positions. Cause I don't think Serena's that much older than June. I don't think so. Either. For some reason, I want to say it's only like three years or five years or something. Cause I don't yeah. think she's 40. I think she's in her thirties. Apparently in the book, no. she's much older. Yeah. 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 She is. That. I, yeah. Yes. I think Bruce Miller said that he got a prettier uh, Serena so that there was like an even playing field between June and, and Serena. I mean, she she's no competition to the older one in the book. I mean, it definitely would play out a lot different if Serena was like an old woman with a cane versus yeah. Yeah. this yeah. younger weird. woman. All right, so I wanted to go back to the whole Nick and June, their first time together, that scene. Um, I, I wanted to point something out. I think we've mentioned this before, but there's some members of the Osblane community who've gone to the library in Los Angeles to look at the scripts. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah. And yes, that's amazing. Um, but they did note that in the scripts, June is like very much so thirsting over Nick. And she, you know, when he's in the kitchen drinking coffee, she's saying like she wishes she was his cup and she's thinking about him kissing her. <laughs> and I thought it was very, you know, it's just kind of funny because they did mention though, I thought it was very important to point out that it's mentioned in the scripts that she thought the whole like her and Nick having to get together by Serena was a business transaction, but they made it very clear that she was aroused. So she, she was a willing participant in this because she's really attracted to Nick and she kept mentioning about how good he smelled and what his, 
you know, looking at him. So I think, I don't know how clear that comes across in the scene, but I thought that was interesting to point out. Did she say he smelled like cigarettes, but sweet? I think so. <laughs> I, I don't think know about cigarettes and sweat, I think. Yeah. Really? I think just surprising because I feel like he looks like freshly showered in that. Yeah, scene. I think there yeah. would be something nice mixed in, not just yeah. cigarettes. You <laughs> would definitely have showered before that. Yeah, I think I think we see it because she doesn't disassociate in the scene, and you know they're both they're both breathing, you know, and um, he gets carried away, and I think that's like why she touches him like there's that connection when when she grabs his arm at first you see it you're like they're not supposed to do that and it that kind of goes forward to the other ceremony that we see further down the arm touch also wasn't in the script i just wanted to add that so that was all max Uh, Mm -hmm. that was was a nice touch because that's that's a connection that's there's a connection there whether it's because she knew he was getting carried away and he's not supposed to or whether she wanted to ground him or whether she just wanted to touch him just but i think i think she does the arm touch too because she wants the connection with nick because she doesn't want this to feel like a ceremony whereas she think. know she knows that fred needs the connection like we talked about this in the last episode that he wants the connection and he needs that and obviously she's just not into fred so she, but she knows she has to kind of give that to him i guess but with nick i think she's seeking it out because she does want that connection with him if we fast forward to the others because we we get to see another ceremony with fred and you know he's trying to touch her and he touches her thigh and she's pissed off because he's like what the fuck are you doing fred like you're touching my thigh you're looking at me you're not supposed to be doing that so it's kind of like a a parallel to her touching Nick because she wanted that connection and then she being repulsed and afraid because fred's being a sleazeball and like touching her thigh which by the way that's how the doctor touched her thigh too that's another reason why i thought the doctor was creepy because it's that like hand going up the thigh which is definitely not she didn't want it in either situation so speaking of the ceremony i don't know if either of you guys caught it but Serena and June shared this look between the two of them kind of like they were like sharing a secret yeah 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 I saw that yeah in the pre-ceremony is that what you mean yeah before that yeah Yeah. sorry agreed and then also we get to see Nick's look for like a brief second when Fred enters the room yeah he's pissed he you can tell that he's (gasps) like I can't wait to go back and look yeah definitely yeah I didn't notice any of that yeah well, I noticed that she looked towards Nick's direction because I'm think I think she was thinking about what they did earlier. Yeah. June kind of looked a little, I don't know, smug maybe. Like mm-hmm. she looked a little happier than she should for the yes. ceremony. Yeah, I think because I she knew her and Serena, they both looked smug. They like they That's were true. sharing a secret or something. I was wondering but, why June was smiling. Well, Serena was smiling because she's I don't know how to say this in, in, in English, but like in Spanish, it's cogió Fred de pendejo. She played, she played Fred, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. you're not going to get her pregnant because you, you can't. Yeah. So I, right. that's like the vibe that I got. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's probably why June was smiling then, because I think especially women have no power in this world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they know they have the power in this situation. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That could be it. After that, June goes to Fred's office, pissed off, like bossy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And she tells him, like, don't ever touch me like that with her there. And he like dangles the magazine. But there's a whole conversation there that's important because that's when he tells her what happens with Offlin, you know, that they took care of that small problem. Oh, mm-hmm. I uh, they took compassion on her. her. Yeah. yeah. Literally yeah, calling her clit a small problem, maybe not. A mm-hmm. small problem. And, and they're um, taking compassion on her, which I thought was just so cruel and he's looking at the magazine because she doesn't want to read it because she's pissed he's looking at the magazine and and he says i don't remember what he says but june says well we had choices back then and he says well now you have respect protection and you can fulfill your biological destiny which is what fundamentalist groups want women to have like that's the woman's place is you know you fulfill your destiny and you're protected by men because I mean, don't you have to be protected from men by men? It's it's a patriarchal thought, really. Yeah. Like you're and a woman. Then, your your destiny is to have babies and 
exactly. raise them and that's and it, then, you know. That's when she says, what's more important than, you know, and she says, what else love. is there to live for? Love. Yeah. yeah. And then she says, well, he says, well, children. And he says, well, love is just overrated or something like that. It's just love. So she, he <laughs> says children and she says, what else is there to, or he says, what else is there to live for? And she says, love. And says, love. And he said, love isn't real. It's yeah. It's love. Better, he said, I've lost with a good marketing campaign. There yep. you go. Yeah. And then she says, maybe for you, but She's, not for me. And he gets pissed. Yeah. It's, it's another indication he, that June wants love. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's always wanted it. But then he says, we only wanted to make the world better. And uh, he says, better never means better for everyone. I don't know if he says that or she says that. He, he, he says, says that and then he says it always means worse for some. And she like runs downstairs. But just that conversation is what has her vomiting she gets sick she kind of realized how fucked up Fred is because he's like you know giving her the speech about compassion and how you know you fulfill your biological destiny and he took care of a small problem which was endless clitoris laughing Fred he's so gross he is like on the rewatch I've realized like noticed just how disgusting like I mean great acting obviously has to take a lot for you to be so yeah well even like those the ceremony scenes are so violent almost you know yeah it's hard to watch those yeah like he especially this one though he looks almost evil like when he's grabbing her yeah oh god he is such a good actor but it's disturbing okay so she rushes out of fred's room down to the kitchen and vomits because she's upset over emily and his white maleness and uncaring and then nick magically appears in the kitchen because i think he's just always lurking staring. yes he's just watching <laughs> for lights so tell him what she's doing um well he's probably not... extra paranoid about tonight because he feels so bad about oh he's probably he nauseous himself yeah, yeah it's true yeah so he like appears very quickly after she comes into the kitchen and yeah he's like are you sick and she's just pissed off at everything certainly well-deserved and she's demanding for him to tell her oh and he tells her to go to her room he tells her to go to bed but he's joking right but she says don't tell me what to do please don't tell me well first he he says he jokes that she go to bed and then he says you shouldn't be down here it's not safe so basically he's Mm -hmm. he's kind of given her some commands in her eyes right and she's like don't not don't tell me where to go right don't tell me what to do yeah which i think is such a key it's a it's an important moment it's a very key moment for their relationship because she tells him don't tell me where to go or what to do and she's crying and he he stares at her and can we just point out that max's facial acting in this scene is just unbelievable but he stares at her and you could tell he's hearing her and he's processing this Mm -hmm. and i think that's a very big turning point in their relationship Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a big moment i think right there you can see there's something that i really enjoy about nick's character and it's the fact that he is protective but not overbearing that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that i that i like the most about the way that he's portrayed in the show and i know that has to do with max mangela's acting he's protective you know he he protects june but he doesn't tell her what to do he's not he's not overbearing he doesn't think he knows better or what's better for her because he's a man he's not patronizing right exactly he's not patronizing to go back to what ginger was saying after he says that you know that's when he apologizes to her about what mrs waterford asked him to do he says i couldn't say no when mrs waterford asked me he's not looking at her because he's ashamed Mm -hmm. he I'm guessing he thinks like oh well now she thinks that I'm just like them but then he really looks at her in the eye and really apologizes and and you can see it in Max Mangella's face acting Mm -hmm. that he really means it that he's really really apologizing and June's reaction to the first apology is like you know not whatever but it's not the same reaction until he looks at her and apologizes she kind of feels relief after he he does the eye contact Mm -hmm. she understands too she knows i think especially at that point she knows that he had no choice in the matter either especially once he said i couldn't say no true yeah she kind of does like a little nod both of them Mm -hmm. have really good just facial expressions in the scene 
so then after that she asked him like please just tell me are you and I and you can see like his facial acting is so good you can see like him, him processing this and he wants to tell her but he's deba he's debating like should I tell her should I not but he does give a little nod first before he actually says yes I am mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's heavy when he says it he feels like yeah like he like you can see like in his body language and I think that that's something that was in the scripts I think that it said like this is treason he can't like the, yeah. the yeah. line before it said this is treason he can't he can't answer her and then the next what you know, you, the next line is yes what do you guys think about june's reaction to his confession well she's shocked but then i think she's like i, I think, think once he makes shocked, though she doesn't seem that surprised to me hmm. i think she's shocked that he said that it, he though. said it okay. yeah exactly. yeah like i yeah because i thought it was she was kind of upset i guess you know obviously she wasn't thrilled about having to have to have a ceremony with Nick because mm -hmm. Serena forced them. Mm -hmm. But I think she was also nervous about it because she even said earlier in the episode, you know, she went to off Glen Emily and said like, do you know if he's an I? Cause I think she was afraid. Like, I think she was more nervous about sleeping with him because he's an I versus this is forbidden, okay. you know? Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. the fact that he actually said it out loud shocked her. Because she really saw at that point, like, oh, this is, I mean, he could be killed for telling me this. And he just said it out loud. So obviously there's trust there. And again, I think that's another reason why this whole conversation is a turning point. Because now the trust, just like there, there was a trust between them, but now it's on a whole new level because he's admitting something that's very dangerous for him to admit. It also shows that he likes her a lot more than she likes him right now, I think. <laughs> I mean, she he trusts her with that information. So that's true. That's big. I also in my notes, I was like thinking about the episode title faithful. And at first I was thinking, oh, it was in relation June to Luke. But then I was also thinking about like Serena to Fred and then also Nick's allegiance to Gilead too. like, is he faithful to Gilead or is he faithful mm -hmm. to June? And yeah. We That's see good. that come out. Interesting. That's a very nice point. Yeah. I just, since she's smiling, I mean, she's obviously, she's been crying. But when she leaves the kitchen, she does this gesture. And I don't know how to read it. Like, it yeah, felt it like she had something over him. Like, now I know something about you. Like, she had some power over him. But not in a bad way. The way she's well, smiling, it's like she feels em emboldened, maybe, by because he told her. I, I don't know how to read it. I think it. she gets what a big deal that was, and that she yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. She had she had gained some before power she leaves. Over, he had given her power over him, and she's acknowledging that with that mm -hmm. physical. Well, I think right he then jo he leaves, jokes. She, yeah, the joke. She says he jokes you know, again like, about before I report you, which I think is is him confirming to her like he just told her he's an I, so technically he can, if he wanted to, he can go report her and everything that just happened. But I think by him joking again go to bed before I report you. He's basically telling her, I'm not going to report you. Like this is, mm -hmm. right. yeah, right. That's their banter. But I think right. he's trying want, to tell her you're safe with me. I'm not going to report you. I have seen people say that was not a joke. And just for the record, this yeah. actually very clearly yeah. states that the that was a joke between yep. two people in a mm -hmm. weird place, right? Yes. yes. Thank you. Another thing that struck me was that when June asked Luke to leave his wife, he just goes, okay. And he just has his back turned to her. Like, I don't know. Part of me just thinks that Luke was maybe yeah. having his cake and eating it too, maybe a little bit. And, and until, I don't know. Well, he says she, he answers her so quickly and she's shocked. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then he goes, I'm in love with you. What else am I going to do? Okay. Which yeah. when I heard that, I was just like, that that pissed me off. Doesn't sound very. It's not very like, romantic, right? Yeah, right. Well, like, well, this is what I have him. to do. Yeah. It's not like he made this big declaration to her. Like, <sighs> I don't know. It was just like so nonchalant. Like, okay, didn't well, it, even like he, look at her. I mean, he's like, well, what am I gonna do? Um, how about um, honoring your vows? That's what you should be doing. <laughs> yeah, you know. But Luke again never does anything for anyone else except himself. So he's fallen in love. So what is he going to do? I'm going to dishonor my vows mm -hmm. because this right. pleases me, you know? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I think actually... it also shows June's naivety because she's shocked. And I think even I don't even think even the scripts it mentions that she's like has thoughts about that, like second thoughts, because he said it so quickly. But then she ends up like cuddling with him and seems kind of happy, mm-hmm. which I think again shows her state of mind like she's settling again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. I mean, I like that she was bold when she told him because she's like, I want you to leave your wife. And that's June. Mm-hmm. Bold June asking for what she wants. And then when he answers so quickly, she goes back to, oh, really? Yeah. She goes back to the way that she was before Gilead, which is, I always thought she had that fire in her, but it was just tamed by what society or maybe what she thought she had to be in order to be with Luke. Because that's the way that I see it. You know, she she just settles to be who she thinks Luke wants. That scene was weird because then when she cuddles down, like I was trying to see it, she didn't really look happy. Yeah. Happy, happy. Like another flashbacks mm-hmm. where she looks like, I don't know. I think she was second guessing herself, but I'm, I might be looking into it too much. I think the point, I think that we're all just trying to say it didn't feel very convincingly like overpoweringly romantic to us well think about it though what what do you know from just you know just life like what you see in tv movies people you know in real life married men don't typically leave their wife for their mistress exactly so so she asked him to do it and i'm sure as many of us would you would expect him to say no or to make excuses of why he can't do that right but he says it so easily that i think she was just kind of taken aback because that's not what you would expect so then how She's probably thinking, like, I have to have a defense to this, like, why you should leave your wife. Uh-huh. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He just says yes. So I think that's probably what's going through her mind. Like, that was too easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's odd to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So now we see June go to the market where she sees of Stephen again and quickly comes up with an excuse to go speak to her. And she's since learned what happened to her. So she wants to say, um, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. And she's still like, even then, and, and she, Emily tells her her name, Emily. Mm-hmm. And even then though, like Emily's still telling her about Mayday. And I think that it's cool that she's still so rebellious or maybe more so. She, says, that. she says Mayday can't use me because mm-hmm. of what happened, but you mm-hmm. need to find them. And June's like, how do I find them? My name's Emily, and then when June's about to tell her her name, the new Glenn comes and gets yeah. her. Yeah. Well, she asked June. Comes and gets her. I think June hesitated because I don't think she was ready, ready to say it yet. You know, if she hadn't yeah. hesitated, she could have told her her name. But then the ensuing scene is pretty crazy. And okay, I love awesome. that scene. I, I do love... too. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best scene. You know, I really would like for um in future in season five for them to use Emily as someone that strikes Gilead with biological warfare yes because she's she's a cellular biologist right she she knows bacteria and germs and stuff like that I'm that's just my head cannon no I like it I I just love I don't know all the different looks her her face acting is great in this too you know stealing the car feeling like invigorated and just like rebellious and amazing and invincible and and then feeling like oh shit I'm (laughs) clearly gonna die because of this and then and then June like gives her the look too and I can't even quite interpret this look because she gives her the smile and the head nod and I know she's just like I know you're gonna die so I'm just gonna like encourage you and make you feel good about what you're doing I can't tell if she's actually telling her to run back over the guardian or not probably but I think it's just a nod to to that small victory and that small feeling of freedom yeah you know like yes you know like fuck it because she sees she sees the invincibility that emily is feeling at that moment yeah right it's encouraging i guess for for june yeah well yeah i think we'll see her more yeah exactly for later but just to emily uh, just an amazing scene like you said i absolutely Mm -hmm. love it and like i I think janine says uh, what's she doing? What is she doing? But despite her head nod, when Emily runs over the guardian the second time, she's like 
June's like shaft. <laughs> it is crafted. <laughs> it was perfect. It's funny too that she just decides to go in circles instead of like seek out Canada, which she would never reach. So it was really the best for the best because it makes all the handmaids like enjoy the whole <laughs> scene so much more and they need that. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny because Fred mentioned earlier when he told June about what happened to Emily, mm-hmm. there's plot armor there because he says they let her live because of her position, meaning she's a handmaid. So mm-hmm. basically because of her affair with that Martha, she would have been killed like the Martha was, but mm-hmm. because she's a handmaid, she got to live. Right. So again, we see that plot, that handmade plot armor again, where Emily like literally runs over a guardian and like crushes <laughs> him <laughs> and she, they didn't kill her, you know? Yeah. I was like, why aren't you guys using your guns? Why don't you shoot her? Yeah, because they smashed the window, I'm but they don't actually don't. hurt her. They can't kill. They they don't have free reign to kill handmaids, even in mm. murderous situations. So that yeah. is good mm. intel. Also, great music in the Emily scene, and yeah. she also her makeup too looks a lot mm-hmm. like she looks. So the German Shepherd scene, she looks miserable and yeah, run down, and the way she feels, I think. And then um, it's amazing what they can do to add to what's happening in the scene with makeup because you can tell that she looks like bolder and more invincible and amazing. Well, even with June, because in her, because June, obviously the handmaids don't wear makeup. So like June always looks, they all look kind of washed out and Mm -hmm. just, you could, their emotions are on their face with their makeup. But then when Mm -hmm. you look at the flashbacks, like June she's wearing makeup and her hair is all done and curly know, and all that, you know, pretty. So. it is it's a pretty stark difference it's a good contrast yeah so then she goes back to the house and serena does yeah. tell her in that scene to go have sex with nick right no no what? you guys don't <laughs> think that no what? because she what? says some women can't handle the requirements of their position can't do what needs to be done do you understand what i'm saying I think she's telling her she to go back to Nick whenever she can. <laughs> I can't I believe none of you think that. that up. <laughs> I can't believe none of you believe that. I love it. I can't wait to ask the rest no. of my friends. <laughs> I think it was just because she knew what happened with Emily and she knew yeah. she thought that Emily like had a breakdown and she's telling her like you're a smart girl. Don't do anything crazy. And that also, yeah, and that also plays into a future episode, what she tells her there. And that's why she's telling her that. And, and I like the dynamic because June walks to the picture and looks at the picture and Serena sits down. So June's the one that's towering over Serena. And June huh. has this like thing about her. Like she feels- oh, She has a fucking kind of attitude, yeah. yeah. Invincible. Yeah, and she's like, yes. And she looks at her like, I'm gonna fuck with you. I don't know. She gives her a look and Serena's like- yeah. What the fuck just happened? There, what was it on the table? There was it something. Was like shears she, or something. Yeah. yeah. The shears again. The same the shears again. Yeah. yeah. So you could tell she's got that, like, I want to kill you, Serena, because oh, I yeah. hate your look. <laughs> I think then they focus to her sitting down on her room and she has this voiceover, which she says, they didn't get everything. Yeah. Meaning they didn't get everything from, from Emily. There was something still inside her they couldn't take away. And then when she stands up, that's when she heads to, to Nick's, you know, apartment. And she looks invincible the way oh, that Luke yeah. told her that yeah. he liked I love that. her. And um, she's walking. I mean, she's nervous, but she's not as nervous as the first time. She has a purpose. And what I really liked was that she knocked on the door. And when he opens the door, you can hear him scoff. Like, yeah, you can't believe totally. that she's standing she's right there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he immediately he, knows what's happening. Oh, he knows. I mean, she locks the door, but even before she locks the door, I think Didi mentioned this earlier, the importance of the way this scene was filmed is that he doesn't touch her. And if you look back at Luke's and uh, Jane's sex scene, you know, they start kissing whatever That's and gross. he immediately grabs yeah. her boob, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then here, you know, he you does. see how June's, June's taking the control. Like she takes off his shirt the dog tags he opens his pants and she starts taking her stuff and there's a part where she's pushing him back towards the bed like she's the one that has the control and then when she finally takes her bra that's when he can't hold any longer and he like goes and touches her I think it's also kind of symbolic because first of all he gives her autonomy over her body which is what Nick does 
right? And like he's he's not, again, he's not someone who's going to push himself on somebody. He's not going to tell her what to do. But I also thought it was kind of symbolic that like once they're fully like naked, it's like the handmaid is gone. Now they're just a man and a woman. They're not the handmaid and the guardian. So I kind of th- saw that too as like. I don't know. I guess she's shedding, shedding the, shedding the handmaid. Yeah. And they want to just be people who aren't oppressed, you know? Mm -hmm. Can I share with you guys what Mike Barker, the director of the sex scene said? So Uh, um, Max has classified or in a, in an interview that Mike Barker is the group guru of sex scenes. So this is what he says when it comes to show moments, he's proud of to have directed, he points to the closing scene of Faithful, where June decides to sleep with Nick on her own terms. And this is what he says. And he refers to um, June as Lizzie. I think that was a mistake. But he says, I love shooting the sex scene between Nick and Lizzie in the first season. I mean, I loved it because it was the first real moment of freedom and personal empowerment for June. When she rolls on top, Barker says, she was so free in the moment. It had been ritualistic rape up until then. So to have this glimmer of hope and humanity in the middle of it for me was really exciting. That just goes to show you that she had this moment with Nick. Uh-huh. And Nick gives her agency to do that. She didn't have to stop and say, look, I want to be on top. Right, right. <laughs> you know, she just did I mean, it. It was, it was, it was so, so organic in the moment, man. Yeah. I thought it was just even more powerful that there was no words spoken at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Which it was very different from the original, from the script, because it, the script, this scene played out totally different. They bantered. Um, I think like she's, I think he pushes her up against the wall or the door. Yeah. He kisses her. And then like, she's struggling to get her dress off and he's says, struggling to get her dress off. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, here, let me do it. And he says, mine's easy, which is cute. But like, I think this is just very, very powerful. The way, yeah. uh, the way it was written was kind of like a typical sex scene that you see on TV any day. Right. And mm. the way that it was actually played out and acted was an entirely different kind like of it was sex almost scene like that you dance. never see. It was, ex- I was going to say that the way that like when she does get on top and he like sits up with her, it's the most like organically choreographed, just mm-hmm. natural. It's amazing. And I like, think it's worth I- pointing out too how much like he he's worshiping her in this scene. That's like, what every I love time, about like, it. Yeah, like every time, like especially when, she's on top and then he sits up with her like he's legit looking up at her like he adores her you know there's never been a more worshiping moment in tv (laughs) history than that like 10 seconds or however long probably long yeah Mm -hmm. he's the one that pins her hands instead of the other way around you know and and that's something i mean because she's been a victim of rape in order for her to just give herself completely entirely on her own terms there has to be some level of trust and some invincibility from her part as well Mm -hmm. definitely I also learned what intimacy coordinators are intimacy coaches are I didn't know what they were before um, the show and before I got into this fandom but they're basically people who are on set to make sure that both of the actors like feel comfortable with all the sex scenes but I don't think that the Handmaid's Tale had intimacy coordinators for the scene. So they didn't have it until season four. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty insane. I'm just saying that it speaks to Max and Lizzie's just chemistry. Comfort. Yeah, Yeah, their comfort. I mean, obviously you have to be super comfortable with someone to do a scene like that. And Mm -hmm. it really shows. Which Max did say in an interview that him and Lizzie have a lot of trust and respect between them. So he said it really was pretty easy for them to film. But I thought, I thought too, like, what else I love about that sex scene is that you can really feel the chemistry between Nick and June, whereas, honestly, I didn't really feel, I've never really felt the chemistry between June and Luke. There's no passion. There was no passion. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And Ot's a great actor, but Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I don't feel the chemistry there. And I'm sure that was designed by the show, but Nick and June take it to a a whole nother level that I've literally never seen on TV before, which is why. I am here doing this podcast. Right. Just the, the culmination of all that sexual tension in the first four episodes coming to a T here at the end of episode five is 
one of my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate how the episode ends with clapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great song. It's such a good touch. I don't think I, I never thought about it that way, but I immediately hear it in my oh. head when you say that. <laughs> I think that's a perfect point on which to end our spoiler free yeah. section, which has now run far longer than planned. And so if you are a new watcher to the show, we hope that you enjoyed episode five and we look forward to hanging out with you next week for episode six you know i think about us the three of us what we could be i think about it all the time please it's dear no it's not i know jim she's my friend i care about her how's your day going you look pretty thanks i wore it just for you her father's a driver named nick he helped me to survive. Yes, you can, because I can't lose you. I'm not gonna let anything happen to you. What about you? Your girlfriend is a badass. 